The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Welcome to another episode of The Money Podcast with myself, David Bester, and my co-host, Justin Harrison. In this episode, we are talking about a psychological phenomenon that causes us to repeat past mistakes, especially when it comes to money. And shockingly, 98% of people are prone to this disorder. This psychological phenomenon is known as repetition compulsion, and it causes us to repeat past behavior, more specifically, negative behavior patterns. My co-host Justin Harrison has spent the greater part of 20 years studying this phenomenon and how to not only avoid it, but overcome it so that you can succeed and thrive when it comes to money. So Justin, what exactly is repetition compulsion? So repetition compulsion is a psychological disorder that most of us actually have. And what it is, it's basically a neural feedback loop that happens in our brains. And essentially it forces us to do the same things over and over and over on repeat. Now, as I said, this is part of our survival mechanism. However, in modern day society, we don't need to keep repeating certain patterns. And unfortunately, when money entered the fray, and obviously there's a lot of emotional stuff going on around money, we have discovered that repetition compulsion really forces us to do things unwillingly and specifically bad behavior patterns. And so this is why repetition compulsion is one of the things that we have to overcome if we want to be successful with money. So basically, to put this in simple terms, it is bad habits, right? Correct. It's a collection of bad habits that we keep doing again and again and again. And oftentimes people are aware that they are repeating these bad behavior patterns, but there's no logical reason why they keep doing it. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Now, what is the early warning signs of repetition compulsion? I mean, it is, like we said, it is bad habits, but it's not always bad habits necessarily. So, so what are the warning signs of this and when can you identify it as a bad habit then? So the most fundamental place that uh, repetition compulsion rears its head is probably in spending patterns. The second is in debt. So in terms of spending patterns, you find that people typically will go and spend money on things that they know that they don't need, for example. And there's no logical reason or explanation as to why they're doing that. Now, a great example of this is when people talk about retail therapy. There's this common term that is used, especially amongst the ladies. They're going to go exercise some retail therapy on the weekend. Now, there's no logical explanation as to why they're doing that. There's no actual positive reinforcement there that it's actually doing anything for you in a positive light. The stuff that we're getting from it emotionally is a very short-lived feedback. And so when it comes to repetition compulsion, where it really rears its ugly head is when we go back and we look at people's spending patterns over a couple of months. And what we see is they continuously overspend in certain areas. And we discussed this in our previous show where, you know, emotionally people are making decisions around money based on a feeling they get rather than the actual benefit of what the thing is offering. And so with repetition compulsion, the earliest warning sign is that if you keep spending money in a certain area and you have regrets afterwards that you spent the money and you try and justify as to why you spent the money there and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, that is a very, very important thing to look out for. That's a very telltale sign that there is a problem when it comes to repetition compulsion. The second thing is debt. A lot of people get themselves out of debt 
and it's short-lived. They go straight back into debt as soon as they've cleared their debt. And there's no logical explanation for it in many cases. You know, in some cases, people have to go into debt. You know, maybe they've got school fees to pay, medical bills that came up. Those are the exception. I'm talking about instances where people have managed to clear their debt. They've just got themselves clear of the burden of debt. And then they go back and they repeat the exact same behavior over and over and over again. So this is a classic example of repetition compulsion. That actually makes sense. I mean, we spoke to someone the other day who said that they've got this habit as well. Every time they climb in the car, they have to stop at a certain gas station and to ha- they have to get that certain pie. And it's, it has actually become a habit for them. I think another example is maybe smoking. I think that's a great example that some people do is they tend to take up a bad habit, which is smoking, and then they justify it for themselves why they need to continue and why they don't want to stop because it feels uncomfortable to stop, right? And I mean, that is part of repetition compulsion is you do it over and over, then you justify it for yourself, and then it feels very uncomfortable. And I think that's one of the warning signs, right? And the biggest thing is doing something that you know is actually bad for you. So smoking is a great example. People will take a cigarette and put it to their mouths knowing that it's bad for them, but they continue to do it every day. You know, eating unhealthy food, choosing to purchase clothes that you know you can't afford and buying it on account. You know that it's wrong. Inherently, you know that it's wrong, but you keep doing it time and time again. As soon as you get a new paycheck, the first thing you go and do is you go and repeat those behavior patterns over and over and over again. And that is repetition compulsion. Okay, so now that we understand what it is and what it actually does and how it actually reflects back to to our money mistakes that we make, should people seek professional treatment for this or can they just resolve it themselves? I would say in the majority of cases, if people start becoming aware of it, they can solve it for themselves. There are instances where people need to seek the help of a professional. They need to go to a licensed therapist, a psychologist, and really start working on a detailed plan on how to overcome it. The severe cases that we've seen really result back to some kind of childhood trauma or some kind of life event that has really shifted the psychological space of the individual. And it's basically caused them to seek out these negative behaviors on repeat. So in those severe cases, we definitely recommend that people should go and see a licensed professional. However, the majority of people, just by being aware of it, just by knowing that it exists and shining a spotlight on it every single month, going through their spending patterns, will be able to resolve it. But make no bones about it. You have to first be aware about it. And then the second thing is you have to actually do something in order to override those patterns. In our first episode, we spoke about your emotions with money. And one of the things we talked about as well is understanding yourself. So I think if you are a person that loves reading and studying and love like psychology in general, then you, you might as well take up the subject and try and figure out what you are doing wrong and try to understand yourself. However, I guess you can't bypass it all by just going to a professional like a psychologist and understanding your, your actual triggers and understanding why you do certain stuff, right? I think there's a negative connotation around going to a psychologist or a therapist. You know, people tend to believe that it's a a form of weakness. I actually personally believe it's a form of strength. You go to the gym to train to get into better shape. You decide to make better eating choices and go onto an eating plan so that you can improve your life. So why not do the same thing for yourself emotionally? You know, and if you can find a shortcut to getting there and it is through a therapist, then by all means do it and don't feel ashamed of doing it. In fact, it's strength and it's power. But I think what people need to really be aware of is that even if you don't love psychology, whether you believe in its existence or not, it is there. And so 
we are doing things on a very subliminal level every single day. And repetition compulsion is one of those things that people just aren't aware about. And if they start becoming aware about it, then they can obviously start changing those behavior patterns. Okay, so now let's talk about resolving this for people if they want to resolve it themselves, right? So what tips can you give people to avoid repetition compulsion? So one of the first things I would say is that people need to obviously be aware that it exists. The second thing is, and we referred back to this in, in our last episode, you need to become very emotionally aware about the choices that you're making. So start actually taking some kind of time out of your day to really understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. So just being emotionally aware of your circumstances and the, and the reason you're making your choices goes a long way to solving this. And then the third and the biggest thing is really tracking patterns. I cannot emphasize this enough. The more you start tracking things, the more you start logging things, the more you can start to pick up your patterns. And when you pick up your patterns, you can resolve those patterns. There's actually another thing that I can suggest people do is I actually got this from the Tim, Tim Ferriss blog, so it's not, it's not my idea really. <laughs> so what it's about is let's take, for instance, you wear a watch or you wear a ring on one hand, right? Now, you decide you want to get rid of a specific behavior. Then what you do is whenever you find yourself performing this behavior, what you do is you take the ring or the, the watch, whatever it is, and put it on the other hand. What that does is it makes you aware of, of the fact that you are performing this bad habit. And another thing is sitting at night, then journaling and writing in your journal how many times you have performed this behavior and what you actually did to try and stop it and what you're going to do tomorrow to actually improve yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's a great tip. In fact, we'll probably get into this in future episodes when we start talking about neural feedback loops. And it is a fascinating subject that I've spent, you know, the greater part of my life studying. There's the old elastic band trick around the wrist. You know, every time you do something that you don't want to do, you basically pull it and you flick yourself on the wrist. So the pain basically signals you that you've done something wrong and that becomes a neural feedback loop. Now, that's exactly what you're talking about here. You're talking about moving something around, making it slightly uncomfortable for yourself out of your comfort zone. And that obviously creates a new neural feedback loop to solve the problem or the behavior that you're trying to override. So that is a critical, critical aspect of this. And I'm certain we're going to get into that in future episodes. But the biggest thing here is you've got to be aware of the problem and then you've got to physically do something to override it. Yes, I agree. So there's, there's actually one more example I can give, and this is actually from you. I think you can tell people about your four quadrants you write every morning. Yeah, so I have a to-do list and I also have a do not do list that's part of my four quadrants. And so I have one area of my life that I focus on, which is work. I have another area that I focus on is health. Another area is family. And then obviously I have my do not do list. And so I use those four quadrants very, very specifically every single day to override patterns in my life, especially the do not do list. That one quadrant is probably the most important quadrant in my task list every single day. Yes, that's a pretty cool tip. Um, another thing that I saw was actually on a psychology channel once is the guy actually proposed taking post-it notes and posting it on your computer where you can see it every single day. So you do not actually perform that behavior or you are specifically aware of that behavior by seeing it in front of your computer screen. Absolutely. And then I think if I can give one last tip, and this is probably a good place to end this off on, is to say to people have a budget. Now, I know that probably sounds like crazy advice at this point, especially when you're talking about a psychological phenomenon. But the thing about budgeting is it allows you to track your 
spending patterns. It allows you to track your spending behaviors. And so when you start having a budget and you start tracking your spending, what happens is you start focusing on the things that you're doing on repeat that are not good for you. For example, going and eating that garage pie every Wednesday or every day, you know, going and buying a pack of smokes three times a day. You'll start to see those patterns and they'll start having them highlighted for you and that will allow you to override them. Exactly. Like we said in the first episode as well, when you start writing down every single expense, it makes you aware of the bad patterns that you are actually performing in your life. So I think if you can conclude this, what it comes down to is be aware of repetition compulsion, know what it is, identify your your mistakes or your bad behavior, and then write down a plan of what you are going to do about it. Absolutely. As always, money really is a journey into yourself. It's about learning to be emotionally in control in an uncontrollable environment. So start with small actions and these will eventually lead to big rewards. In the next episode, we will be discussing the envelope budgeting method and why this old school budgeting tool, which was relevant in the days of Babylon, is still as relevant today. So tune in next week for another episode. And if you want to connect with us directly, please visit our YouTube channel or Facebook page. Links will be supplied in the show notes. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.